I think anybody that has gone through what the loss of a child understands is that there's no getting over it. You will walk through that <clears throat> every day of your life. The only difference is some days will be better than others. And what I realized is there's no shame in it. There's no need to suppress those feelings. You should feel them for it's that love that you had of your daughter or your son that hurts, makes it hurt so bad. This is a show for the driven, for the visionaries. This isn't for the make-believers. I can work all day long, but my work has to become my must. This is for the determined, the self-defined, for those ready to push fear aside, crush doubt, and unleash the hero from the inside out. You are wonderfully made. You are beautifully fashioned. You are created with purpose. Life That Counts isn't just another podcast. It's about living a life that counts. Hey guys, what's up? This is a... Yeah, right. That's how it goes. Guys, what's up? This is John Williams with another episode of Life That Counts. Um, I have the... Honestly, guys, this is... Um, it's, it's really more than a privilege to have uh, Mark and his son, Kyle Pearson, here today for you. And we're just going to get back in it. All right, we're just going to jump in it, actually. Um, Mark, Kyle, tell me why we're here. What is your, what is your big, what is the big value add you want to bring to the world? Well, the... Um we're starting a foundation um, in honor of my daughter and Kyle's sister, Brooke Pearson. Um, she went through a journey that no child should go through. <clears throat> and honestly, no family should have to endure because it's not natural to have your children leave you before it's your time. And um, her name is Brooke Pearson. We're forming Brooks Light Foundation. Our, um, the goal of this foundation has multiple, actually has multiple goals if you think about it. Mm -hmm. um, my son, Kyle, came up with how he would like to help out and I'll, uh, I'll let him and uh, develop what that is. Um, but he wants to support other siblings that are going through the same thing that he went through. Um, what I went through with, you know, my wife, Trish, was when you're in the middle of treating a child for cancer, and she had a very rare form of cancer, which didn't really fully get diagnosed until the tail end and it is called leptomeningeal cancer. Mm. It, um, it started in her, in her spine. And what showed up as 
just signs of like a pinched nerve where things were, her fingers were numb. She would lose a little sensation in her legs. We've all experienced numbness in our hands and, and our feet at times, right? But um, accompanying with that numbness was pain. Um, went through an exorbitant amount of doctors and all these things. And eventually the pain got so unbearable that we had to go bring her to the hospital. Um, and that was May 5th, I believe. Um, kind of blurry in the beginning. They immediately did some additional scans and they found lesions, which turned into um, the need to do a biopsy, an emergency biopsy on Mother's Day of 27, uh, 2018. Um, and they told us it was a very malignant and aggressive cancer. And our life changed from that day forward. We were constantly going back and forth to the hospital, cancer, tre uh, chemo treatments, um, learning things on the fly, trying to manage being there for the family, providing for my kids, providing for my wife, making sure that my benefits never got it, uh, never were interrupted because of they were the ones supplying the medical for Brooke while she was in the hospital. It was a very expensive um, ordeal. Her last day that she was able to walk by herself was May 5th when she walked into that hospital. After that, she never walked again, not by herself anyway. Um, and during this entire process, we realized that just like most parents, you don't know what you don't know. You're reliant upon the information that is given to you. And it's usually given to you in a manner that, okay, they're just trying to solve the most immediate need, which is, okay, how do we make her feel better? How do we get rid of the pain? How do we uh, do X, Y, Z? But, you know, you're only getting information from a small group of people. And we didn't really realize this until we were uh, until about a year after or a year and a half after our circle of influence was the nurses, the doctors at that hospital. And yes, we went for a second opinion, but you're not constantly interacting with them, even though we tried, you know, we put out an all call for help when she had a, a horrible seizure that robbed her eyesight and she started a 47 day whole brain radiation treatment um, where she just declined so rapidly. We put out this um, call on social media, reached about a half a million people, um, interviewed by newscasters, uh, spoken to all these different hospitals around the country and around the world. And we all got the same answer. But the thing was, I was the one having the conversations. And yes, I put them in touch with our doctor, but we weren't part of those conversations when they were having those conversations. So things were happening in a vacuum. Um, but I didn't realize it until around October of, um, of last year, when I started to realize that there is something missing 
in this industry of cancer. And I say it's an industry because it is. There's so many different organizations that are involved providing care, providing care, providing financial assistance and all this stuff. But they're not all talking to each other. You don't have the patients and the nurses and the caregivers and the teachers and the doctors. You don't have them all talking to each other around the same time. So there's information that is missed. There is information that is miscommunicated. And you're missing what I call the collective wisdom that could be had when you bring all these brilliant people together. And that is one side of Brooks Light that we're looking to form by bringing, having, holding events bringing people together to have certain questions answered in hopes that maybe we can save possibly one life by getting that information out. So that's, that's the side that I'm focusing on. Kyle's going to be focusing on the uh, sibling side. Kyle, do you want to share? Sure. Um, you know, like my dad said, when when we found out Brooke had cancer, our lives changed forever. Um, and something as a sibling I struggled with a lot was feeling connected with other siblings that, you know, just connection period, because a lot of the time there aren't that many people that go through such a thing that you may think. However, there are a lot more than we actually thought. And I actually worked at a play, I worked at a job this summer and there was another girl there that had gone through a similar uh, situation with cancer and lost her mother. And that I, once I heard her say that, that, that felt so nice to know that there was someone I could connect, connect with. And, um, from then on, her and I have um, talked a lot and it's, it's such a nice way to feel comfortable around someone because I worked with like 13 people and how is it that two out of the 13 actually went through a situation that, you know, changed their lives forever? It's, it's kind of amazing to think like that, but there are so many other people out there that have gone through something like this, but they don't talk about it because they may not feel comfortable or they may feel they'll they'll be judged because not everyone has gone through it um i definitely didn't feel like i would be judged i just felt almost like a burden and i don't want other people to feel that way so my goal for the brooks light foundation is to create a facebook group um where we bring in you know teenagers um, and, you know, young adults from the ages of 16 to 22, where they come and we meet every week on Zoom and just kind of relate and connect with each other so that people know that they have a place to go. So if they're not having a great week, they can jump on the Zoom call with us and just talk and feel that connection so that, you know, when they go back to that scary life of not knowing what's going to happen in the future, 
they have people that will stand by them, hold their hand, hug them, say that it's going to be okay. Because that's what I needed. I didn't always have that. Um, especially for my younger sister, Paige, she, she didn't have that either. And for us to connect, it was hard. And being different ages, I'm, it's so different. So, you know, from her perspective, it could be, you know, just wanting to, wanting to connect with someone at her age. And I want to try to help her out too one day. So the point I'm trying to make is people should not feel alone in a situation like this. So I think working to have a group on Facebook to kind of get on Zoom calls and talk weekly and kind of set out some goals that we have as a, as a group, maybe to just build each other up or meet each other one day after this whole crazy thing is over in the world, you know, that makes me feel so good that I could possibly help someone feel comfortable and as if there's a family and community here, um, you know, I want to build up strength and I want to build up um, the love in the world and the positivity instead of always looking at the negative side of cancer, because there are, there are parts of it where community comes in, where you feel that unity and feel like you can take on the world no matter what is in front of you. And I want to try to, I'm, my goal is to bring that out in people to feel more comfortable about themselves. So, I think the first thing that I want to ask you guys is, um, how how long has it been since Brooks' passing, and then how are you guys doing? So Brooke passed January twenty eighth, nineteen uh, twenty nineteen, and um, you know it's it's a day by day thing. Um, not that we would wish this on anybody, but I think anybody that has gone through what the loss of a child understands is that there's no getting over it. You will walk through that <clears throat> every day of your life. The only difference is some days will be better than others. And what I realized is there's no shame in it. There's no need to suppress those feelings. You should feel them for it's that love that you had of your daughter or your son that hurts, makes it hurt so bad. It really is. How about you, Kyle? Um, oh, every day is a challenge, you know. Um, every day you see something, it reminds you of that person you lost or you listen to something. Um, and it's a huge trigger. And, you know, obviously everyone feels certain things in their own way, but I think it's 
you know, it's like a never ending roller coaster of emotions where you could be having the best day of your life and all of a sudden something kind of happens and you feel a little, you know, a little sad and kind of defeated. Um, and that's, you know, that's a daily struggle that I'm, you know, still, you know, trying to get through myself. Um, you know, it, it, you know, she was, she's my best friend here or not. She's my best friend. I love her. Um, and living, you know, several years with her by my side, experiencing life, growing up with her, watching her grow has been such an honor for me. And I just can't, it sucks to have to live my life without her. You know, however, I don't, I don't want this to be her ending. So I work hard every day to write to her in my journal and um, make sure that she knows my life is going good and I miss her. I've got two kids, um, 17 and 14. And I mean, I'll just be real. That's one of those thoughts I've never wanted to have, you know, you, you don't want to, you don't even want to try to imagine what it would be like if, if something like that happened. How do you process it? How do you cope with it? Like what? So Kyle just mentioned something that I thought was extremely useful. He writes to her in his journal daily like that's that's awesome you know um how about you mark like as a dad just how do you cope with that i talk i talk to her so i wear around my neck a ring that she was <laughs> she wanted so badly and um, I didn't move fast enough for her. <laughs> so she went out and bought it herself. Um, and she was very proud of it. So, <clears throat> yeah, I walk around with that ring all the time. I pray to her every single night. I also write in a journal. Um, I write about her, about our connection. Um, how much we had great talks. Um, but honestly, mostly is the, the formation of this group of this, uh, of this community that we want to start up. Um, because the type of person that she was and exudes in her connections is one where she always wanted to help others. When she was in middle school, um, there was a couple of times where there were some friends that were getting bullied and she stepped up for them. Like she'll step up to the bullies or um, there was this one kid that, um, and I'm very, obviously I won't mention any names, but uh, they were having an issue where they kept hurting themselves. And um, while she tried talking to them, 
it didn't really change anything. So she took it upon herself to raise it gently with a teacher that she could trust. And it ended up helping him and bringing to light an issue that would have gone unseen. And that's what she does. Um, she cared. So that's what I do. I, uh, I think about it every day. I talk to her. Mark, the first time you and I spoke, um, really, it was just a conversation where someone had mentioned um, Mark, the first time you and I spoke, it was someone in the, in the Daz Edge who connected us uh, just because of the affinity of the idea of the nonprofit and how do we, how do we build this thing? How do we form it? Um, everything good? Good to go yep. on the audio? Yep. Okay. Yes. All right. We'll just, we'll just trim this piece out. I just kind of start over with this question. It's not a big deal. Um, so Mark, the first time you and I spoke, on the phone, uh, it was someone who had connected us in the Daz Edge Alliance. And the, the idea was around nonprofits and how do you form it, um, the legalities of it, how do you get it started, articles of incorporation, bylaws, all that kind of thing. When I heard your story and what you were wanting to do, because as you can imagine, like I've, I, I mean, I, I, I was as lost as Dick Cheney in the woods when it came to starting a nonprofit myself. <laughs> so, um, so over time, as we've grown this thing, it, it's been a wild experience. And as I've, as I've spoke to different guys, I, I don't, I don't think anyone has ever just riveted just the core of my being as much as listening to what you and Kyle aim to do through Brooks light. No, thank you. So, as I understand it, Mark, you're, you're wanting to create an environment that, that's, that, that gets, that gets the, you know, that gets the course of treatment, that gets the conversation of what should be the next steps for a family, for, you know, um, a loved one in this, you know, who, who is, who has cancer and who's going through that you want to get that out of the vacuum and kind of have a, a create a place where there can be a more uh, almost more fluidity of ideas where people can they can have conversations and okay well this course of treatment work well that course of treatment work should we do it this way that way you know whatever and so and there's safety in that right because we understand there's a safety in a multitude of counselors you know so there's you still have to make a decision, but at least maybe your options are more than just, well, we could do it this way or that way. And Kyle, what you're aiming to do is provide community to other peers, to other kids your age or younger even, or, or even older, just a community where people can feel and where people can know that they're not alone. So, if you're listening to this right now, Mark, Kyle, what, first off, I mean, a couple things. One, where can people go to make a contribution, to help out, 
because it's going to take a time investment and then the infrastructure for setting it up and creating it and that kind of thing. Right. So that that's there. So there's definitely cost involved. So where can people help out one? And then it, like, if you guys created a Facebook page yet and where we could do like a, you know, make a post and, you know, sponsor your, you know, contributions, go to your, you know, go to Brooks light. And, and then two, what, what, how else can people help? Like, how can they spread the word? Or if maybe there's a, maybe there is a, a doctor listening to this and he has a friend who works in the cancer industry or, you know, whatever at a different hospitals, how, how can people find out more information and make connections? Well, the first thing is going to be, um, there's a brookslight.org okay. website. Um, which we will certainly coordinate to make sure is available by the time that the, the podcast is released. Copy that. Uh, in addition to, there already is a Facebook group out there um, called, okay. named the same, Brooks Light. Um, this was all born from when we reached out and we ended up kind of creating a... Um, a history of Brooks journey um, from about September of last year when we started reaching out to people and it was called team Brookie. And mm -hmm. where this all comes from is there was a, a butterfly that was created for her YouTube channel. She really wanted to be a YouTuber and team Brookie became the team to support her as she was going through her journey. Brooks Light has now become the evolution of that. So before it was, how do we come together to support Brooke on, on this journey as she walks through this? Um, and then now Brooks Light is now, how do we take the community that was formed from Team Brookie to start helping other people and connecting? Because that was one thing that she loved and to connect people from Team Brookie and all, and there's a multitude of different types of people that are in that group. And I have to give a huge shout out to all those fans of hers. Um, sorry, I get very emotional. <laughs> um, so yeah, we have brookslight.org. Uh, um, and we're still in the process of creating that foundation. And we've decided on a foundation over a, um, a nonprofit business because the idea is to make this multi-generational. To make this last. I think it's okay to be emotional. I think it's okay to process that. I think the world is definitely full of enough pain and I think it's full of enough belligerence for someone to come along and intentionally decide I'm going to walk in love and intentionally decide I'm going to walk in the service of others on behalf of you more. Yeah. On behalf of my daughter. Guys, I, I want to thank you for your time today. Thank you. I, I want to thank you for not only the 
not only the endurance and the perseverance and the perseverance. I mean, the truth is, is Mark, you and Kyle both, you, you could have chose to die that day. You could have chose to die on January 28th, a year ago, year and a half ago, but you didn't, you chose to live. And more than that, you've chose to keep an avenue open by which the spirit of your daughter and Kyle, your sister can continue to live on. So I applaud that and I'm in your corner any way I can be of service. I know you know that, but I want to just affirm it. I can't thank you enough, John. This is, um, this is an absolute privilege. Um, when you mentioned that you wanted to do this with us, I have to say we were both extremely excited, extremely, extremely excited. Um, to see the outpouring of help is moving and it gives, gives a glimmer of hope that change can happen. Love is out there and people are willing to, people are willing to help. Well, I, I mean, Kyle I, I, Kyle, I don't know. I don't know if you know this guy. Like, I don't know if you know what, what it is exactly that I do, but um, several years ago, I decided to launch a nonprofit because I saw the power of peer community. And it's been said that hurt people hurt people. It's also true that healed people can help heal people. And what you guys are is you're on that journey of healing, right? You're on that journey of processing pain. You're on that journey of, and not only processing pain personally, but you're inviting others into community to process that pain, to live, to say, Hey, you know what? We, we don't have to be a victim of our circumstance. We still have life to live. There's still something worth doing here during my time on planet earth. So Kyle, like with our organization, one of the things that we do in um, a couple of weeks ago, I delivered a, a Ted, a Ted talk on it is, you know, the, the big idea was what if there's never another school shooting or what if there's another, what if there's never another act of adolescent violence, you know, peer to peer violence. And the big, the big idea is around creating a safe community where we can be vulnerable, where we can be authentic, where we can peel off the mask, where we can peel back the layers, you know, man, and where we can come together and we can just, we can just be real with one another and not judge one another and hold space for one another, give room for one another. Right. It's like your little sister Paige, like she's going to need a place to continually process how she's feeling, you know, and she needs that community. And the fact that you guys are showing up to the world to do that, I mean, dude, come on. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. And I just, uh, I'm glad to know you guys. I, I really, I honestly, I can't say that enough. So, um, you know, Kyle, along the way, if there's, if there's any way that any of, like, if I can be a resource to you, if my team can be a resource to you, like we have full-time people who it's like their job to facilitate video conference calls with, with students, with kids.
kids your age, with kids your sister's age. Like we're, there's protocols and different things that we built out for that. And like, we may be able to help you think about things you haven't even thought about yet for how to maybe either facilitate video calls or provide space for students. And you know, how do you do like breakout rooms with different and who do you want leading those and those type conversations? Does that make sense? Like just how do you, how do you consistently create a safe space? Like if you're on a, if you're on a, a chat, one of your weekly chats and, and someone just all of a sudden just loses it and just completely goes bananas, right? How do you hold space for that? Because sometimes that's a way we need to process. Like sometimes it's, it's actually healthy to put, you know, Metallica or Megadeth, which that's me and Mark, Kyle, you probably have something else, <laughs> but I'm showing my age. It's actually healthy sometimes to put that on and just crank it up and blast it and whatever. Yeah. You know, you know, like that's sometimes a healthy thing to do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's healthy to process that pain in, in, in big exaggerated ways. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's, you need to, you need to, you need to get some of that venom out of your system, you know? Yeah. So um, if, if there's any way that we can be of a service, brother, I just want you to know that dude, my, my, my door is open to you. Like Mikasa Sukasa. So how can we help? <laughs> I, just let me know. I can't thank you enough. I, that's the fact that you are so willing to help us and just help us change the way people handle this process is going to be such a great experience because this is what we're talking about you know you're the perfect example of what we're trying to do here is to create this connection with you so that later down the line we could we work together to build something great and that people understand that you know community is 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 strength and Mm -hmm. when we build this up we create such we can we can hit such goals and achievements mm-hmm. and change the way people, um, you know, just change the way people think about cancer and how we can help them feel more safe and, you know, just and more aware of what goes on in the world. You know, um, I think that's the biggest thing for me is is so that people are aware that there are more people out there that you may not know that have gone through something like this and they just don't say anything and it's crazy. You know, and and crazy not in a bad way, but just crazy in a way that this is so much bigger than you think it is. However, not many people know who who's gone through it and who hasn't. Um, and I'm I'm tired of that. I'm tired of. Oh come on, man! I feel that. Like we live know? in this culture. We live in this culture. Everything is measured by dollars and bottom lines yes. and how how much of this did you do and how much did you bench press or how, which college did you go to or, you know, name recognition. And, and, and we, we take great pride in, you know, adding more cylinders to our car and square footage to our house and all this kind of thing. And I can think of the people that I've known over the years who have walked through cancer alone. So I I don't know if I shared this with you, Mark, but my, my mom, um, uh, this was almost a decade ago, had um, ovarian cesarean cancer. And at the time I was living in West Texas, we were about six and a half hours past Dallas, west of Dallas. So I'm originally from North Alabama. It's about a 20 hour drive one way. And we would make that drive once a month to come visit my mom. And then 
there. So now my mom was a survivor, but there were some health implications, other health factors that um, when the, the day that they were going to, uh, to, to remove the mass, there were some, some other health complications that she had like very small percentage of it's like 10% chance that the doctors gave her and actually making it out of the surgery. And, um, but, but she did it. She survived and she's still as stubborn and pig headed and bullheaded as ever. I love you, mom. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, she perseveres, I guess, I guess I can say that, but anyway, cause that's a nice word for bullheaded. But, um, but I remember well, walk, I, I, I just remember walking through that and I mean, just to be quite frank with you guys, I didn't know how to process it. I didn't know how to, like, I would kind of talk to Alexis, my wife about it. You know, I would, I would, I put on the, the strong dad front for my boys. Come on. So the fact that you guys are holding space for this is, thank you. No, John, thank you for sharing that. And uh, yeah. No, credit to your mom. She raised an amazing man. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. I'll, I'll pass it on. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, first off, I just want to give Kyle props. I'm sitting there listening to him. Mm -hmm. And I build that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just gets me choked up. Seeing that this, uh, this little scrawny, tiny little kid who grew up into, uh, <laughs> This, this amazing young man, you know, just makes me very proud. Um, I'd also like to give some credit to um, a group of men that, <clears throat> yeah, you know, I connected with them right when I needed them to, mm. you know, Larry Hagner and uh, all these guys from the Dad's Edge Alliance, truly amazing group of men that <clears throat> carried me through this. Had I not been involved with that group, I pretty much know that I would not be in the space I'm in right now. Oh, come on with that, man. I know no. that feeling. Yeah, it's no, just, I know. Yeah, for real. Living proof. Yep. <laughs> yep. You know, they yep. they gave that space. Yep. They made it say, you know, it's okay. Yep. It's okay to fall apart. It's okay that you don't have to be strong. And yep. you, know, you know how many times I heard that from people that just didn't know what else to say? I'll just you gotta be strong for your family. No, you don't have to be strong. You have to be real. That's right. The powers and the vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one lesson I will forever thank that Canadian Jason McKenzie for. <laughs> yes, definitely. All right, man. I'm going to wrap it up and let you okay. guys get on. Guys, if you're listening to this, when you listen to this, uh, we'll we'll have links to the to the website brookslight.org. We'll also have links to the Facebook page and uh, Mark when we. Uh, when we push this out, we're, we're going to do a post and, uh, do a, do a fundraiser for, for what you guys are trying to accomplish. 
let me ask you this just right now, and I know this may change between now and when this is released. Um, are there any immediate needs right now? Are there any uh, roadblocks? Are there any, we call them blockers. Mm -hmm. Are there any blockers in the way that it would be useful if someone could help remove? Well, um, you know, one thing is that we're forming this team and um, we welcome you to be a part of that team, John. The, uh, we have different needs for different parts of these uh, miniature part of the projects, right? So we need people that understand how to build a website because the website component is going to contain all of the resources that will allow people that are looking for information to find it. Um, we'll also be creating the, you know, the Facebook um, uh, component of things and it will be closed for the purpose of creating a psychological safety. We will uh, meet with all these people to just make sure that um, everything's a good fit and that um, it's moderated. Um, we're also starting a podcast and uh, I just want to give a, a shout out to our friend Ozeal who donated the mics to us. Great man. Um, so we're going to be starting that off to share the story and to um, pretty much cover all the different platforms out there. And that was um, one of the purposes. We need to cover all that. So we need help um, with website development, marketing, uh, of course, the legal front, because we're forming a, a foundation. Um, and what, what else um, with graphics kind of covered? Graphics are covered. I do have to say, we do have an Instagram right now called Brooks Light. Um, so you can find that. Um, we're going to start posting on there about updates on how we're doing. And, you know, that'll just include, um, you know, specific announcements that we have towards like podcasts or meetings that we have and events. So, yeah. Very cool. Very cool guys. Um, my, my brain's already turning. So Mark, I will, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be in touch and maybe, uh, maybe just if it's okay, just take the liberty to make some connections along the way, if that's cool. That would be very cool and, and very much appreciated. Thank you. Yeah. Copy that. All right, guys, thank you so much for what you're doing. If a life that counts is anything, yeah, I just want to sum this up. A life that counts is what Mark and Kyle are doing. They're taking an, an immense pain from the experience that Mark got to have with his daughter and Kyle got to have with his sister. And that time didn't last nearly as long as they had hoped for, but they're taking this experience and they're using it as a service to others in the world. And if a life that counts is anything, I think that's a life that counts. Guys, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you again, John. Really We're appreciate it. We're in your corner. Thank All right. Y'all have an amazing day, guys. I'll catch you later. You, you too. too. Thanks for listening to another episode of Life That Counts. Tune in next time for more insight with host John Williams. 